Hi, my name's Sean Taylor. That guy down there is my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek. And I put him below me this time instead of above me, and that really threw my brain off for a second. Like, I was looking at Chris's block, and I was like, that don't look anything like me. That looks like, oh yeah, it looks like Chris. That makes a lot of sense. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I am doing good. Doing good. That's it? Works just, good. Just good? Oh, well, okay, yeah. Doing good. <laughs> Work. <laughs> uh, work good. I've been re trying to redo my avatar uh, area. Here. I see you put a sub shelf in there to accommodate for your statues. I think I that's did. Pretty cool. I, I I cut that out today. Is it getting very handy? Foam core board. Uh, it's just like some probably eighth inch, eighth inch, no quarter inch wood. Oh, okay. no, not eighth inch wood. Okay. Yeah. It, we we just had the material left over from doing some bathroom remodel. Oh, but it looks very appropriate, and I like the cutout, which is probably the most important part, right? The cutout yeah. to accommodate Aang looks great. Yep. nicely done. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Still more changes there to come. Got to re- do a couple of different rearranging because I first had these four statues here over. Yeah, had these four statues over like their area over there. I don't want to turn my camera on my base. It's a mess. My son just, just threw a bunch of sticky stars all over the place, and it's annoying. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I'm just getting – so I want to have just – have them all in one spot. So that's that's my goal for the next couple of days. Not really. I have bigger goals, but uh, – <laughs> uh, That sounded really deep. No, I have bigger goals. Like I want to talk about like <laughs> heaven and the afterlife, but also this this basement someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, work's been good. There's a a jerk guy who I feel like more people are seeing. He's a jerk. I mean, not uh, anyway. He's just he just annoys me. <laughs> like, oh, there's this one issue that he brought up about like this performance standard, right? Like, cause, you know, I work for an insurance company, and there's a certain standard like hey we gotta make sure these people blood pressure is good and but he complained because he could he didn't know who didn't have good blood pressure or not so and he's he's been complaining about this for like months and months and months so i come up with an idea all right here we'll do this to to fix the issue and then we're doing a whole strategy meeting for next year and i bring up all right we're going to do this to to do this and this and then he's going to be like you know what that's really not the problem <laughs> and then <laughs> my boss what? my boss I my boss I end me. He was like, Didn't didn't we just have a whole hour conversation last week about this? And I'm like, Yes, this has been a, a whole deal that he brought up and then <laughs> and I was like, you know what, I just gotta laugh at it at, at this point. And then he was like, I was just having the same conversation with with the bosses who's my boss's boss who's his boss and he was like, Yeah, it's he's He's so hard to work with, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, knowing at a presentation, that it's recognized by other people is kind of a good step one. Yeah, uh, uh, my boss's boss probably hates him more than I do. <laughs> Things I don't hate him. Like I'm, I'm like, all right, I got, I, I can figure out a way to maybe use him to to help Channel out. Channel his oddities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And my boss is like, listen, if we need to do something, just leave him out of it. <laughs> I'm like I don't know. I can't do anything. I'm not the. I'm I'm not the, the, 
but like the he is like project manager or whatever. Well, I mean, he is a specific, very specific role. I don't get too much information. He's a very specific role that I do not have education on. <laughs> it's not something that I could do. It's like he's the person to do this, but or we can get a vendor <laughs> to do it, and that's more annoying. But it is. I know it sounds appealing in a sense, but yeah. Yeah. anything you do in house, do in house. But uh, no, I had a presentation and I killed the presentation. And I always hate hate it because I'm always nervous before presentations. Even though when I get into it, no nerves go completely away and I'm just in it. But it's just uh, I just hate the anxiety before. You, you got to find your you got to find your basketball like pregame routine. You got to find the music or whatever no, it is. I would get you up. Yeah, I mean I used to get nervous before our basketball games for some stupid reason. But uh, yeah, I don't know it's weird. But uh, I wasn't say, oh, I, I do think being a YouTuber has really helped out my presentation skills. Like being able to just to take, you know, a, to create a script or even just an outline, especially when I'm doing like movie reviews, just create an outline. Kind of knowing, a storyboard in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that, all right, these are these three points I need to remember. I wrote them down and I can talk just from memory off of those points and create segues like being able to write down all the points you want to convey in a good cohesive uh, very trend flowy manner is uh, very important that's something that being a youtuber you can kind of develop that skill but that's not saying i'm a great youtuber but <laughs> it looks well, you didn't I- I think first of all, you're being modest, but second of all, like you didn't get worse by being on YouTube <laughs> and you could be a bad YouTuber and still say, I didn't get worse. I'm sure yeah. it helps. So thanks YouTube. Way to, way to go. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a storyboard. A presentation is a storyboard. You have to have a very cohesive, sensible beginning, middle and end. And yeah, makes sense to me. Well, way to yeah. knock out your presentation, buddy. I, yeah, it's just like a meeting every month. I got to do in front of like execs and stuff. And you know, your your meetings all you always know you did well when no one asks any questions. You're like, yeah, good, you, no questions. That's because you're intimidating, Chris. You, yeah. you, you, you thing you, is, you know how people are you went in, too in strong. Things, like people are always like, and does anyone have any questions? I don't want to ask that. I just want to end it. But I do because that's what you do. Right, you gotta ask people. Do they have any questions? No, you gotta, Chris. You gotta amp up your questions game. You gotta say, what questions do you have? Yeah, you put the pressure oh, that, on that. That's ballsy, Sean. You put the pressure. <laughs> like, you put the pressure. No, this is a it's a tried and true sales tactic because it's an open ended no, question I, I, instead of a close. I, you put the pressure on them, it, Chris. There's a lot of that. It that's a lot of it. Show it exudes a lot of confidence. Not only are you saying does anyone have any questions you're asking for a question i i hope to reach like, that pinnacle. i got this bring them on uh, bring on whatever question no I, i'm just trying to get through without people being like this guy has no idea what he's doing not just this guy this this whole area of people what are you guys doing but i i end like every Every meeting or anything that I even kind of lead where I have the opportunity to do that, like, I'll do a bit. What questions do you have? Nobody yeah, ever have any questions because nobody ever I, listens to me, and that's probably fine. That, I mean, true. The thing is, if they had a question, they would ask it. But you sound more confident by saying, 
what what questions yeah. do you have yeah not just do you there's a difference between do you have any questions on what questions do you have the thing is you're probably the same amount of questions no matter what i think so yeah it's 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 very <laughs> much just a perception thing like oh you see the balls on that guy yeah uh, <laughs> i might i might i don't know i might try that out one day but i feel like i'll catch just the right <laughs> just the right vps and be like oh this <laughs> This guy's testing me? Okay. All right. All right. I don't think that VP is going to be like, mm, a little too confident for my taste. <laughs> Let's take this guy down a notch. <laughs> Let's go make him work in the mailroom or something. Yeah. I don't know what that sounds like. Now being mean to mailroom people. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Yeah. Chris, uh, an unusual unusual question to take you with here, but it's I was... I was thinking about this the other day, and I don't like winter because I just hide inside and I play video games and I watch movies. And I was like, Sean, it's a stupid reason to not like winter and a really good reason to like winter. So I was wondering if for no particular reason before we started this episode as our as our teaser, as our opener, if you'd share what do you, if any, during this winter when you can't go outside because stuff is stupid, but you don't have to mow and things like that, so that's a bonus. What what are your hobby binging things? Your TV shows, your video games, your hobby things that you're gonna binge, like over the slow holiday season <laughs> when you can't do other stuff. Uh, honestly, Sean, my life doesn't really change that much depending on the seasons. <laughs> like it's all just work. Mine changes drastically. It's so hard for me to believe. Yeah, it's, it's just work, raise kids. It's then 10 o'clock, then I either go to sleep or watch whatever is on TV. Or start or a podcast. Try to watch. Yeah. The thing is, lately, I've been going to sleep at like 10.30, which what? is... I mean, it's good for... I mean, it's I mean, like, lately, like, human, past but it couple sounds days. like not Chris. It does. I'm usually... Either last night, I was up to like 1 o'clock because I started on my shelf thing. And then that just keeps my mind going and keeps it up. If I'm just laying on the couch, usually, and I just pass out on the couch. Hashtag dad um, mode. Yeah, but um, I don't know. And then the what? There's like certain, I guess, holiday movies that I like to watch. It's like um, if you if you yeah. took some time off just to be in your house with your kids over Christmas, not necessarily watching with your kids, but what what do you what are you pulling off the shelf? You know, today was an interesting day because my mother-in-law wasn't able to watch my baby son, so it's just me and him like all day, um, <laughs> and. And I really wanted to just watch like some movies. For some reason, I, th- I think that I think it's, there's something to do with anxiety. I think we've talked about this before that you don't you want to watch just comfort stuff. Yeah. But also, I don't feel like watching like a really long movie. So I'm just like I just want to watch 30 minute episodes of things. So I watch a bunch of Batman Beyond. <laughs> but... Especially if I'm doing like. So if I'm cleaning the house or something like that, not only can I like not pay attention to it. So if it's a weekend and I'm doing some kind of chores, not only can I not pay attention to it, but I'm already doing something that I don't like. I don't want to risk watching something that I don't like also. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, I got to go to a proven commodity. I know, exactly. Yeah, it's a weird um, thing. But... I do think I'm going I'm to start binging Static Shock again. Just so, because um, I, I really want to do a video ranking every single episode uh, for maybe Black History Month, and then maybe that would that wouldn't uh, motivate me to to start my YouTube actually uh, YouTube channel back up a little bit more. I mean, it's it's in the kind of a stasis 
right now. It's 2021 has been a stasis year for Chris's YouTube channel. And that's, that's been fine that's because he has multiple small humans that depend on him for their livelihoods. Yes. And and a and a job that like requires my attention. <laughs> yes. You know, just standard adult things as we try to survive a pandemic and come out on the other side happy and healthy. So you know what? I think the YouTube channel is gonna be fine yeah. where it's at until you're ready. <laughs> so the big reason that I asked this question is there really is a, a there's a dead period for me of when when softball kind of stops and mm. when mowing and things kind of stop and we're just generally we're not like I'm not super outdoorsy but we're, it feels like we just are outdoors doing things a lot and I find myself with way more free time and so then I get excited when that time's approaching and I start planning and Chris I I think first of all I think I'm gonna the next anime I watch will be Yu Yu Hakusho I will do Good. it. Uh, and I will try really hard to stick with it, but I said that about Cowboy Bebop, and I couldn't even finish two seasons of that. Wait, there's more than two seasons? No, the, there's only two seasons, and I couldn't finish the two seasons. Oh. <laughs> That's what it's, there's only two, and I only did one, and I can't stress like, enough. It's, it's not a lot of episodes. And it's not a bad show, and I would never try to say that about the show. I just, it doesn't hit me right. I don't care for it. But I will attempt you, Haka Show. But I also, I don't know why I have the strangest urge to rewatch Game of Thrones. Hmm. And so, Just remember how it ended, and then I think that urge will go away. Because I sometimes get that urge, too. So, do you, I'm trying to decide. Do I just go watch, like, the second half of season eight and just hope it scratches the itch? You know, watch, like, the last... Season eight, fu- the last season? Yeah, just go, like, watch the last four or five episodes no. of season eight. No, and- that's just gonna that's just going to make you more mad. You just want me to think about them. You don't want me to actively watch them. I mean, I wouldn't watch the last couple episodes of That's Game right. of Thrones. Well, I was going to watch that. I mean, they're not. They're not terrible. I'm saying like, if I vacuum. watched those, that would be like the reminder of see, Sean, you oh, don't really want to go through all of that just to get to this. Like it would be the reminder. Yeah. That probably, yeah. Just watch. Just watch the last thirty minutes of the last episode, and I think you'll get. I think. A lot of stuff will come back to you and be like, oh, yeah, Bran ended up being the king. <laughs> what what sense does that make? But... <laughs> because stories, Chris, somehow. <laughs> he has the kid. best. He, he has he, he tells has the best good story of all. Because you know how people who tell good stories like make good world leaders and stuff like that? It's great. But uh, no, I've had a strange itch. And so, all right, well, you've got me thinking about that. But then the other thing, and this is so weird, so you got to hear me out, is I have this really weird itch to go back and rewatch like the the Sam Raimi, Xena, Warrior Princess, and Hercules TV series. That's a very strange it's, itch. It's very strange. And I think it's just because they... That was like, you know, when you don't have a lot of channels in childhood and you're flipping through on Sunday Oh, I know, Sean. I used to love watching Hercules and Xena and Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, with, you just uh, you hit UPN Descartes. and they happen to be on and you just let it sit there and then it kind of grows on uh, over Star time. Trek Next Generation will come on right after Arsenio Hall, um, which was cool. Or maybe Arsenio Hall came on after Star Trek. They were right. They were... I remember them very I much. I think, as I say, I do think you've got it flip flopped. Uh, 
It's funny. I just watched one of my favorite Arsenio Hall clips of all time the other day. He had uh, Jason on, like Jason from Friday the 13th, but he was actually like acting like Jason, like he was just silent. He wasn't saying things. Like it wasn't the actor for Jason. It just was Jason, and that cracked me up. And I remember enjoying that very thoroughly when I saw it. And I saw it as a child. It was already a rerun because it was well before my like conscious memory would have kicked in. But yeah, it's a great one. But uh, no, I've got a really strange itch. So there's just something like a high fantasy itch of some type that I have. Mm. And I need to scratch it somehow. So um, just watch the Dragon Prince, I guess it's yeah. That's it's high I mean, I think we're due. It is. It totally scratches that itch. I think we're due for Dragon Prince in late November, allegedly, or something, right? Hmm. I have no idea. I'll Google it on question. my phone when we're when we're chatting or something. But I feel like it was in November or something. So yeah, if you have suggestions, and then I also the Grand Theft Auto Three Vice City and San Andreas trilogy is coming out. I saw that and. That was a perfect... So uh, I got my PS2 in 2004, so it's already four years old because I never do anything on time. And I went straight from an NES in my house because we didn't really do video games. We had an NES. And so then we jumped straight from an NES to a PS2. And if you know what video games are, you know that's a pretty extreme jump. And then like one of the first games, like I was old enough that playing GTA made me feel rebellious. Like my mom doesn't know mm-hmm. I'm playing GTA, which is the perfect age for playing GTA if you're being yeah. honest. And so uh, I felt like I was I was not old enough to be playing it, but it made me feel cool at that time. And now I'm a grown-ass man trying to play these games on a, a Nintendo Switch console that I'm too old to own and enjoy as much as I do. And there's a weird reverse psychology to that that I really love. So those are going to come I never out. played any of the Grand Theft Auto games. Uh, you know, there's one or two that I would say are just genuinely good drama type. Like Like San Andreas is just a great action game. You know, it's okay. it's like a great story with Samuel L. Jackson in it, and that's awesome. And a um, couple other high end, and then like four is very cinematic, and then th- like five and Vice City are just more of like the stupid, insane violence and stuff. But they're very well done. So hmm. I don't know, but I always thought I was really cool and rebellious. So some of my earliest PS2 memories was playing three, and so I will buy those, and I will. I'll binge play those, and I'm very excited. I will buy those day one, Chris, and I don't know when the last time I've cared enough about a game to buy it day one. Not many. I can think of none off the top of my head. Uh, I pre-ordered a couple of Dragon Quest games on the 3DS. That's all I can think of. So, anyway, I like thinking ahead about these things I'm going to do because my life changes drastically in the winter because I don't leave the house but now I currently don't leave the house. Hmm. Anyway. Chris. All right. We've been talking for a while now. 20 ha- minute mark. <laughs> we need we, to put a bookmark in this one. <laughs> we have. We got to bookmark this one. Chris, let's talk about book three, Change in the Legend of Korra. It's chapter 11. This one's called The Ultimatum. The Ultimatum. <laughs> I'm thinking about community. My choice is I'm giving you an ultimatum. <laughs> you either give me, like, what do you say? Stop it. He says, I'm going to give you an ultimatum. I'm either going to take all the tomato or you're going to give me all the tomato. <laughs> Something like that. I don't remember how it goes. But <laughs> okay. 
So, the ultimatum boss can say is in shambles. The Earth Queen has been taken care of or offed. Um, the... Shoot, I just watched this episode. Why do I have a heart? I'm dragging it. Um, they have oh, to go. Bolin, yeah, Mako Bolin uh, finally find a way. Oh, they. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. I'm remembering everything now. So they have to find the airship to go from Bossing Say to where Core is at, which that's kind of messed up on Sahir. Like he didn't give them a way to go like get the message to Core. He's like, here, this message. message. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, like, man. Like Zaheer, like Zaheer's just like waiting at the air temple. He's like, well, apparently the Avatar doesn't negotiate with terrorists. Well, we're going to kill them all. Yeah. Just all <laughs> on a technicality. Like, we couldn't get the airship started. Come on, man. Yeah. Um, so they, they hijack an airship, and um, and they go to save Mako's and Bolin's grandma. And this grandma, for some reason, cracks me up this episode. Like, she is hilarious like <laughs> like she's she says stuff that old people would genuinely say you're like this this feels real like this is what an old grandma would say you because know, they don't have much of a filter and so they say like the first thing is on their head on their mind um yeah <laughs> but i like how she's like mako and bolin are trying to get all their family to to get on the airship and escape boston say one thing, the whole place is like burning around them. Like you actually see fire come in from a door behind, <laughs> smoke and fire, and uh, it's and, very uh, like impending doom. Uh, yeah, but she holds she holds her stance. Yeah, she's like, I'm not leaving. Like this is where I raised my family. And Bolin is like, Listen, you know, being with Mako and live on the street and everything, I've learned that that it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you're with family, you're home. And then, you know, there's this very tender, sincere moment. And you think he's gotten to her. And then she's like, I'm still not going. And <laughs> which I find funny. And then he's like, whatever, I'm taking it. He grabs her. <laughs> and, and then she's like, wait. And then she takes the the uh, the picture of the queen. The earth queen picture, yeah. Yeah, the earth queen. Because she's, she's, she's very traditional, as it seems like. Uh, she loves royalty, things like that. <clears throat> Um, so they get on, they get on the airship and they're looking for Cora and them. And the thing is, they didn't really need to show them like tracking her, but I feel like they didn't fancy be like, oh, well, how did they know that Cora was in the, in the water oasis? They had to and do so that they... for people like you, Chris. <laughs> no, people like you, Sean, you're the, I'm not, I don't get bent up, bent out of shape on like random Oh, how did how did Kazan learn how to drive a car in prison? I don't notice like anything. <laughs> I'm oblivious. You... <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> oh. Listen, and, uh... you sit in prison for 15 years and drive a hover car when you get out. <laughs> a hover car. It's a hover car now. Well, this um... is you in prison now. Oh, I got you. I got you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And then 15 years, uh-huh. and you come out, and there's got to be some kind of sky car tech of some type right uh, i don't think cross. i honestly don't think we'll ever get to that i honestly don't think we'll we'll get to find we cars. would be more likely just to keep, like work from home in more mass quantities and stop traveling altogether <laughs> before we get to like legal sky cars yeah. i can agree with that like like you know how hard it would be it's hard enough in the united states to 
to uh, to to manage traffic, <laughs> like in and we live in, two in a fairly two dimensional yeah. traffic. <laughs> so now you're talking three dimensions. Imagine trying to get on to a into a high merge onto a highway up. You have to look not only up that way but up behind you. Hey. It's this. It will never highway. <laughs> Pun intended. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. That's yeah. kind of funny. But, yeah, I don't think we'll ever have flying cars. Like, it's... Mm. Like, it will be just for no reason. I don't... Anyway, I don't pick up on details that I refuse to be thrown under this bus. Like, we we were... We, I, I can definitely see us going to um, driverless cars. I mean, we're, we're already there, but I can see it becoming a, a mass thing just because safety reasons and, and things like that. Even though, like, they have accidents, but their percent of accidents is far lower than, than, than human. Than us being um, in charge of ourselves. Yeah, that sounds like humanity. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, like, like in the iRobot, I remember there was that scene where, well, Wilson like, "Oh, I'm gonna drive now." And the lady's like, "What? You're gonna drive?" And then at one point, he's like, he gets on the motorcycle. She's like, "There's gas in this." <laughs> like, we, I can see us getting to that point. I haven't seen that movie in ages. Probably not uh, since. Just, I I loved it when I first saw it. And I've, and since since that I've seen it, it's been fairly decent, good rewatch. It's a good watch. I'll go back. Um, okay. <clears throat> so they track Cora for reasons of detailed <laughs> yeah, so avatar Cora. watchers. Yeah. And then uh, Bolin sees Zuko, and he's all of us. <laughs> he's like, "This is so. This is Fire Lord Zuko." Like, <laughs> like to his face, and 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 I kind of want Zuko to be like, "How did you know it was me?" And then Bolin, not wanting to be rude, not knowing what to say, but like, wait, guys, he he knows like not that many people have a very distinct scar over their <laughs> left eye. That would have been primo. Oh, oh. Yeah, excuse me. That'd have been like primo comedy, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Uh. So, and then I love when when um one thing when Bolin introduces when Mako introduces one thing the grandma goes straight up to Asami and she's like oh you must be the Avatar that Mako told me so much about you're very pretty and <laughs> and then Asami's just like uh, no I'm not the Avatar and then of course like oh no I'm the Avatar hi and then her first thing she says is like you're very muscular for a woman. <laughs> and then it's just <clears throat> then like, that's the type of it. thing she salvages it yeah she salvages it by saying like Mako why aren't you dating women like girls like these and then it's it's so hilarious like just <laughs> they all look <laughs> they all look hilarious for a moment yeah like that is something the old person says like I, I just love yeah. this old lady and no this, I can like, just my grandma right there yeah. we're just talking about my grandma yeah like something about grandma's like they're they're so comfortable talking about your appearance, they're talking about anything. They have no filter. <clears throat> talking about one time, things like, that are wildly inappropriate. Yeah, like I weigh like one seventy five, I think in tenth grade, which my height was probably like five seven or five eight or something like that. Um, things I wasn't I was in fairly decent shape. I don't remember. I remember being in fairly decent shape. But my grandma asked me how much I weighed. I was like, oh, I'm like one seventy five, and she she. Looked at, she had this like very discerning voice. She was just like, That's too much. That's too much. 
<laughs> she's brutally <laughs> then, honest because she cares. <laughs> like, I found it hilarious that my mom was right there. This is my dad's mom, but my mom's right there. And she was kind of laughing. And in my head, I'm going to be like, who do you think is to blame? Who was making me seven sweet potato pies just for me? Nobody just, else weren't... shoves food down my throat when I walk in a doorway, Grandma. Yeah. Those, like, she would literally make me seven sweet potato pies. She'd be like, here you go. And just give me a bag of sweet potato pies. I'm like, oh, okay. No, and I, and, and I really, point and I really felt bad when I when I got over my like love of sweet potato pies. And I think I made her sad that year, but because it was like a normal phase that children go through, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so they had to make a plan, and um, oh, so Cora now knows that. Zaheer's going after the airbenders because Zaheer's tired of chasing her around, which this really has been a whole season of of him chasing her around. And they're finally, he's finally, you know what, I'm I'm done. Um, And uh, and they're like, alright, we gotta reach. Let's go to let's go to the middle clan because then they have a technology enough to reach the air temples and hopefully they can radio in time. And then they finally get there and and uh, Cora um, talks to Milo, <laughs> and and she gets there, and she has uh, Tenzin tells Tenzin about Sahir, and he's like, "It's too late. Sahir is already here." And it's then a at very this point, moment too. It's the, oh, oh yeah, he definitely, definitely like, imbibes a sense of dread. Yeah, like only four people. Like there's only like four bender, four benders to worry about on that ship, but he knows the the threat that they face. Um, so Zahir's ultimatum is: Kor gives herself up for the air airbenders, and <clears throat> and uh, and she's struggling with this and everything. And then she's like, "I don't." Like she talks about like, like man, like I wish, you know. Since Juan, no avatar has had to tackle on like all these issues without having their past lives. Like I wish I had Aang to talk to. And then she's like, "Well, you know, actually, she uh oh, she first tries to talk, track down Zook, not Zuko, so here in the spirit world to maybe stall him or, or anything like that." So I like that they are going through all the possible plans that they could kind of go through. Uh, but then she runs into Iroh, and which is just I just love Iroh in this role of being an Avatar mentor, of being like a spirit guide for for all the Avatars to come. Like he, I, Iroh is I think without a doubt the best character in the series. I, yeah, I am. I'm I'm pretty firm in that assessment. I have no qualm with that, and I have no qualm with the idea that he is trying his best to be a substitute for all of the past lives that the previous <laughs> avatars got to access. Yeah. He's doing what he can. Yeah, and then he's like, uh, you know, you might want to talk to Zuko. Like, you know, he's he's one of the closest people to he's one of the closest people to Aang. Maybe he'll tell you what he feels. It's like they had a rocky relationship to start off with, which, uh, you know, I just love when whenever we talk about <laughs> how how things used to be. Um, 
they always say it with such a like a pleasant tone. Yeah, like <laughs> like I imagine them doing like a Family Guy flashback, <laughs> right? Like or, a full cutaway or something. Yeah, you know? or a Scrubs cutaway or something yeah. like that, where you just see Zuko just trying to kill Aang. I mean, he's never trying to kill Aang because he, he doesn't want to kill just, Aang. He's like just straight up firebending at Aang in a yeah. fight or something. And, his, and then and he cut, angry then aggression. He bring, then you bring it back and you just see Zuko smiling kind of fondly like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, takes me back to that line I love from him in the episode The Southern Raiders where, um, <laughs> where Zuko ends up like saving the team and they're at a campfire and Sokka's like... <laughs> Or they're they're at a camp something, and uh, Sokka's like, ah, oh, camping, just like the old times. And Zuko's like, if you really want to be like old times, I could chase you around and try to capture you. <laughs> and it's just, I just love that meta humor, awkward meta humor is great. I yeah, that would be a fun like if this were a slightly more comedic TV show to have just a little like cutaway thought, even a thought bubble would have been amusing. Yeah. Uh, so she talks to Iroh, you know, love having Iroh around. And then she goes, talks to Zuko, and Zuko's like, I gotta go. I gotta go protect my, my daughter, because she, you know, this Sahir is trying to kill leaders of states. I'm like, I gotta protect my daughter. Um, and then she asks Zuko for his advice about, like, what would Aang do? And then, you know, he pretty much told her, like, Aang would do anything necessary to to make his dream a reality of bringing back the air nomads. Like he will be besides himself with joy with what you've done, which I feel like oftentimes (laughs) in the show, I feel like characters say things. I feel like fans, some core haters should just like re-listen to like, like core has done so much. Um, Uh, Let's see here. And then so then Korra is, uh, oh, when she talks to Zuko, which I really love, you know, after she gets advice from him, she was like, your uncle is right. Like, you were really good to talk to. He was like, you've spoken to my uncle? And she was like, yeah, twice now, actually. And he still has this really shocked look on his face. Because um, he, he, Iroh wasn't like, hey, Zuko, when I die, like, I won't be, like, dead. I won't be, like, Dead to the point that I've reincarnated in someone else. Like I'll, I'll just ascend and go to the spirit world. Like I, I don't imagine that Zuko's her. understanding of the spirit world probably isn't super thorough. Yeah, and also that type of spiritual enlightenment to a point to where you can break your own reincarnation cycle. And also, I'm speaking in terms of that. I think are are fairly factual, but unproven. Uh, I think it's fairly proven. But just, at the end, uh, if you say, anyway. what questions do you have? I'll be like, you know, he's got facts right there. <laughs> um, that the Ira was like spiritual enough that he could, um, you know, reach Nirvana and reach spiritual enlightenment that he could ascend and, and become uh, a spirit. Um, yeah. Zuko has no, no idea that Iro did that, but man, there was some great, I think some great animation you can find of, just Google Zuko Iroh reunite. Um, well, you might get his first reunite and with the White Lotus, but or I guess you say reunite in Spirit World. Like it has Zuko like walking as an old man walking up to the Spirit Portal, going through it, and then 
seeing Iroh and they embrace stuff like that. That is that's like type of fan stuff that I really really love. There's some fan things that that I hate because I'm like you weren't paying attention. Like this this can't happen. Like <laughs> or this isn't not that it can't have or it's, it's Don't not Don't let like your fiction happen. interfere with my fiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I like I seen a video one time of like when Aang died, like mm. like he he uh or no when 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 Gotaro actually dies, like it shows her, shows like Aang's spirit like reaching up and grabbing Gotaro's spirit. I'm like that's not how this works. Like when you die, you don't become a spirit. The spirit world isn't heaven. Like it's not the afterlife. It, it can be, be very, for for very specific very people like I. Strange heaven. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> like that would be a weird heaven but, to aspire to. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, anyhow. So that's uh, that's pretty much Korra's part in it. Uh, they then on the on the flip side of it. Uh, the Airbenders, the new Air Nation, is, is trapped by the Red Lotus, and they got them all gathered up. And I, I do love how Zaheer, when he meets Tenzin, he's like, "It's an honor to meet a real Airbending master." Like he is genuine in his love of, of Airbending culture, which which I find that aspect in the villain to be really interesting. He's sort of starting to become almost a, a religious fanatic. Especially in the in the Nets episode, I feel like it comes off more like that, where he he's he's just like holding on to the charm, and we'll get to that episode later. But no, well, no, this time around, I, I started thinking of him as as sort of a he's definitely a fanatic in some sense, fanatic chaos. We or, get a or, we get a slightly deeper look more and more into his uh, yeah. spiritual. Think- I don't know, approach or idealisms yeah. in there. I think it's a Guru Lahima fanatic, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the farther in we get, the more... Uh, what was the word we used the other day for talking about neat, not microaggressions in this case, but it'd be like little micro demonstrations of fanaticism? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. More and more <laughs> present as we go along. Yeah. Um, so then... You know, so here tells him he's like, I'm tired of chasing the avatar like she's gonna come to me. And then and Tenzin's like, So you didn't use us as leverage? He's like, Yes. And Tenzin's like I think he says something to the stand of over my dead body. I don't know if he that's what he, I don't think it's that's no what he said. it's uh Gosh, what does he say? Something about I'm gonna have a say in that or whether or not I it reflects the over my dead body statement, but <laughs> yeah. So then he freaking just starts fighting all three of them, which is bonkers. Like this, this is Tenzin. Not like, I love it when characters are, you think they're, they react a way that the aggressor didn't expect them to react. Like he, like Zaheer expected Tenzin to fold. Tenzin wasn't folding. Like, like I love it when like someone's holding someone hostage, right? And when someone's holding someone hostage, you're supposed to be like, "All right, I'll do whatever you say." But honestly, maybe well, in, not in real life. I don't want to tell you what happens in real life. <laughs> I know what happened in real life when, when someone takes someone hostage. But <laughs> oftentimes, the fictional is like, "All right, 
they're probably going to be hurt anyway, so you might as well try to save them. <laughs> All right. And so Tenzin is not, he's not going to put it in the hands of them. He's not going to trust them to do what they say. Also, he's not going to trust them because they're, he knows that they have nefarious goals. Anyhow, so he's going to do what he can do to fight back. Like, you, you might very well cost your life either way, so why not make it worthwhile? Yeah. yeah. Spend it wisely. These are random things I think about, like, all right, if I'm in a movie theater, someone has a gun, when should, when, like, you know, fight or flight kicks in. Like, all right, if I'm close to the exit, then I'm going to fly. But if he's right there, then I guess I got to fight. If like, he's right there well. and there's a lot of people in between you and the exits, like, all right, well, if I'm going to get shot anyway, at least want to make the yeah. news, you know? Yeah, like maybe I can knock the gun out of his hand and then that will help me run farther serpentine chris serpentine yeah especially exactly yeah always like don't be that stupid rick and i think that's his name off of game of thrones bad game of thrones when know. uh ramsey bolt remember when he runs, one of the young he stark straight, one, one, yeah he's just running straight no you got a serpentine ramsey bolt is just like the shortest distance between like, any two points is a straight line yeah like zigzag guy absolutely like, absolutely yeah. And this has been safety with Chris and Sean. <laughs> Neither one of uh, us knows uh, martial arts, but we're willing to try. Yeah, I'm willing to put a person. Thing is, if I think I think about these things, like if a person was, if there was a some type of situation that I had to fight someone, or maybe like someone's shooting, and like my ba- their back is turned towards me. Like, I think I could do a good headlock and just choke them out. Granted, I don't know what type of pressure to apply between choking someone out cold and just killing them. Yeah, and I so I'll probably just end up killing them. Uh, maybe, I, mean, I wouldn't be yeah, worried. If you, get just... your, you know, if you get the front of their throat, like, in your elbow or whatever, and you get it locked, like, it's really hard for the, somebody to break you from yeah. that grip. It's like, all right, I'm yeah. not a capable fighter, but if you give me your back for a second... <laughs> Might just put him in a full Nelson. Yeah, it's like I might accidentally murder you, but it would be with the intention True. of just knocking you out. I don't know. And I would probably just keep squeezing mm-hmm. until. Right, because what if they're playing possum? I don't know. Exactly. No, I'm I'm, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. But oh, I think he's knocked out. Nah, let's just make sure. I just. I'm just gonna keep hanging on here while y'all run away, yeah. and then. Yeah. People come in. I think he's dead. I don't. I'm not taking that chance, guys. <laughs> you were sitting here for five minutes. It's. Listen, Houdini just, can hold his breath for like you gotta 10. You got to do the, I don't the, know. the WWF thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. All right, then they get up. Yeah, see? I told you. I should have killed him. <laughs> I told see, you. See, now we're dead. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, okay. Tenzin puts out there, 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 there's no... his, his first shot is incredible. It t- his first shot takes them all three out. I feel like it. Yeah, I really, feel like it should really have been great. more impactful to them. Like they all recovered way too fast from that, in my opinion. I mean, I think everybody recovered. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think it matters who you hit with that. Like it's the Avatar universe. One gust wind against a a, a wall is not going to knock anybody uh, out. It makes me pretty sad. <laughs> and then he's like, Tenzin Kaya, help me fend them off. Like, and then get the, everyone else get out of here. Get to the Bison, and. <laughs> like this team he put together, I guess really just at this point, 
Tenzin is making the smartest decision he can. Like, Bumi probably isn't the best, but also he can't put his students in harm's way. Like, also, if you think about it, like, these three, oh, this is the first time I actually think about it. These three are the, are the kids of Aang and, and Katara, but in this case, I want to talk about Aang specifically because they are defending the Air Temple. They're defending the Air Nation. Like, this is... Wow, really, actually, would, now that, yeah, this is actually really great storytelling. Like, they are defending Aang's legacy here. It's them three versus the Red Lotus, which I think makes it even better. I don't know why I'm just now thinking about this, but... But, uh, yeah, great stuff there. Uh, so Kaya faces off against uh, Pali, and Bumi somehow faces off, off against Kazan. I really do wish Bumi was a little bit more tactful. <laughs> I'm just like, how is yeah. he getting away he... from, <laughs> from like, he's, he must just be the luckiest person. Like, I want like, this guy's to a be lava a bin. little more helpful in a strategic, yeah. tangible way. Like I want him to be more of that. Like you don't have to be to a be... bender. You just have to be better. <laughs> but I, I want there to be reasoning behind why he's so good at doing these very at, at being elusive and things like that. Like I almost want him to be sort of like drunken master. Have you seen like sort of martial arts things like that? Right. Oh, Chris, my D and D character is a drunken master. I am well versed. Oh, okay, good. He, and where, he like, is startlingly fortunate. <laughs> where there, there's sort of this sort of like flow type of deal where you're so loose loose that you just you're just more elusive. And so they, I wish he sort of had a little bit of that anything, skill and, and, and they made it and they made it like known like, oh, this is why he's like one of the best like he's crazy, like, and and you keep that craziness. Like, I don't care if the end results are the same. Um, just but just give me kind of a reason give on it a why instead of, of just happening. Yes, yeah. Instead, it just comes off as as pretty dumb luck. My drunken that he's master. able to elude this lava bender. My my drunken master in D and D is my favorite thing. Is that um, if if I have two monsters that like I'm stuck in between or like they're both adjacent to me. And if one of them attacks me and misses me, um, I can redirect its attack to hit the other thing. And it's called tipsy sway. As if you're like, yeah, you just like mm. swayed out of the way on accident and then it hits the other thing and it makes me chuckle every time. Yeah. Uh, we, we would buy, I would buy that from Boomy. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would buy that he, he was a to drunk, be, he which he probably drunk. can't show, but I would buy no. that he was a drunk if they wanted to go that way. That would be a dark way to go i would i would buy it though uh, it would track. I'll, 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 i would probably say just more of like a he's got daddy issues he was in the armed forces like know, he could right? easily that's be a drunk that's what i'm saying i can easily say uh, um but then you get into negative stereotypes of native americans um uh, so you got to be careful with that nope that's reasonable <laughs> also the kids <laughs> but i i, I can see, well, see him i can see him yeah, you could get I can see him taking more than... taking some type of special tea, right? <laughs> some type of special tea that just loosens you up a little bit. <laughs> awesome, an herbal herbal tea. Yes, awesome. Yeah, 
I'm pretty sure the world of Avatar has drugs. I mean, they did. I the feel Kyoshi like Kyoshi. Did Kyoshi? Dude, I don't remember Kyoshi. It's been too long, but I mean, they drink cactus juice. Yeah, they got caffeine. Yeah, they got cactus juice. I mean, they, they, I'm sure they got something that can uh, take you on a. If human history has shown us anything, it's that people will find stuff that messes your head up, and That's we will true. put it in our mouths. Oh, you know, yeah. Let's just say cactus juice. Yep, cactus just, juice. He's drunken master from cactus juice. He I spent like he spent a little too much time in the desert. I mean, one, oh, he, he one, learned it from Sokka. Learned it from Sokka. Boom. See, cactus juice. Cactus, Sokka's like, hey, this is actually surprisingly fun. You should try it when yes. your dad's not around. <laughs> and he's like, my dad's never around me. And then he drinks <laughs> the cactus juice. Uh, <laughs> Boom, drunken master. Anyway, Kai escapes. Yeah, so Kai's Kai's facing off against Pali, and I love this fight so much. This is such a good fight. Like, I was a little disappointed in Kai versus uh, Zaheer that first fight, but this, I, don't, I I think of these two as being fairly equal. Um, but Pali is just a, a little bit better. Like, I just love the scene where Pali has her long tentacle arms, and she freezes part of one, and then uh, Kaya breaks it, and then Kaya throws it at Pali, and Pali grabs it with her water arms, and throws it back, and then throws like two more ice chunks at her, and Kaya's like blocking one, blocking the second one, but the third one she can it hits her and it's kind of slow-mo. That's, uh, uh, just... You got the wrong name, though, right? Pali is a... Uh, you are absolutely right, Sean. Combustion lady. Oh, why am I saying Pali? What the heck Pali is... Pali is combustion lady. Uh, Mingwa. Mingwa, okay. Yeah. Uh, Pali, for some reason, just feels like a uh, waterbender name. It does, kind of. I can get behind that. And, and Mingwa, for some reason. Mingwater, Chris. Mingwater. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, there we yeah, go. That's my new. I don't know what you call those little mind games where you connect things. Yeah. Um, and then like it looks like meanwhile, like she has this huge freaking like water ice spear that's and she's like about to stab Kaya, and then Kaya like takes water and just just throws her off the side of the building. <laughs> you're like, oh crap, yes. But then you still see the water. And you're like, oh, I don't know. And then the water starts draining up on onto the starts draining up and then it gathers into Mingwa and like she's just so freaking creepy with all those tentacles and arms. I love it. It's incredible. Yeah. It's great. Uh I don't oh. And then so that fight ends sort of when uh <laughs> uh Kaya and Boomy are sort of backed into a corner together and then they uh, have to. They get thrown out of a window, and at one point, Boomy has he's on the ledge. He has Kaya in his arms. She's like, "Boomy, you gotta let go." And then he's like, "No, if I let go, then we'll die." And she's like, "We're gonna die anyway." And I love how Boomy is just like using sort of that air bending premonition. Not, yeah, prim, I don't know if premonition is the right word in this case, but uh, just just. Just the feeling of knowing when to let go at the right time. Uh, and this moment is very reminiscent of Toph holding on to the hands of Sokka at the, in the finale on the airship. 
So it's really good. And they, they fall. Like it's a it's a rough fall too. Um and then the the fight of Tenzin versus Zaheer. Oh my man, like we, we finally get to see two airbenders fight against each other. And it is it is such a good fight. Like the way Zaheer bends different than Tenzin. Like Zaheer is far more kind of acrobatic than Tenzin is. So Tenzin is kind of stiff. Like I feel like Aang was far more acrobatic and fighting than Tenzin. We've actually I don't think we've actually really ever seen Tenzin fight another bender until now. Like in season he didn't do that much fighting in season two. In season one, he was fighting mostly like mecha tanks and stuff like that. Uh, so it's really interesting to see him fighting here. But Tenzin just has the upper hand on him. Like he is outclassing him almost in every matter. Like so here with airbend at him and Tenzin would dodge it with like you can tell Tenzin is trained in like every single fighting form of airbending and he's beating him. Just the way they're fighting, it looks like a master versus almost I mean, they're very close, but just the technique, you can tell Tenzin is, is miles ahead of Zaheer. It I always pictured Tenzin as like less field experience in terms of using his airbending in combat. Not probably the, like whereas Zaheer maybe not airbending in combat until recently, but just general combat yeah. skills and I don't know, maybe part of that contributing to the litheness and the acrobatics. Whereas Tenzin's yeah. like sort of very practiced in the moves and the motions and the strategy. Uh like war in strategy versus war in practice. I don't know. But yeah. it, it's really fun to see him in full on murder mode. And then Zaheer's like Losing the fight to Tenzin, like Tenzin, if it was, if it stayed one versus one, like I think right at the end there, he is like about to deliver a final blow and beat Zaheer, and I feel like it's it's framed that way until uh, until they start jumping him. And then on the flip side of that, you know, this whole thing with Kai Kai trying to escape and and uh, trying to help them escape, he does a nice little self sacrifice thing. Ends up getting blown out of the air, presumably dead. Uh, that was really great. The music kicks in really well there. Just it's shot so well too, especially because you're following Kai, like right behind him, and, and everything. Uh, and then at that point, once once they scare out the bison, um, they're they're jumping Tenzin like it's a straight up like gang jump like just boom boom like out of like and he's fighting back too but like, it's just like he it's four against one because even Pali is firing combustion bending at him from atop he's trying to ward them all off and so here's like give up like he like he says in such a way that's almost condescending uh, it kind of been interesting if he said it in a way that was like begging like please give up like I don't I'm not trying to hurt you all you know I wouldn't have liked that I still I, I like how it is but it just would have been kind of an interesting take if it was more of a of a plea to him to give up the give up as he says it feels a little out of place for Zaheer but not agree it just I'm not even a nitpick as much as a thought yeah 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 and then Tenzin says a line is like not as long as I'm drawing breath which is interesting. It's just an interesting uh, dichotomy between 
yeah, Airbnb type of deal, and also just kind of echoes back to to uh, Zaheer, and he was talking about air and breathing and stuff when he killed the queen. Like, oh, just kind of how the same ideology can be more. And I might be stretching this right here, but no, just the two things are reminiscent of each other. No, I think it's a nice tie or a nice like parallel. Um, yeah. Whether intentional or not. And then like he says like, not as long as I'm drawing breath and then like, boom, they just keep beating the crap out of tens. And, and then <laughs> in the commentary, Brian <clears throat> Bright said that like they had to reshoot this or re-edit it some way because the camera pans away from the action. That way it leaves you in the dark on like what happened. But previously it just lasted like a second or two longer. And he was like, it was just looking pretty brutal. <laughs> like Tenzin would just continue to get the crap beat out of him. We had to edit it down a little bit. That was probably a good choice. Yeah. We still we get the picture. But, we don't. We didn't need the extra two seconds. Yeah. And also, you still hear the elements being bent against him in his bones, also, which just goes to your imagination. Um. And uh, and and you're left wondering, like, is did Tizen die? Which I was, I was, I don't think I was ever in doubt, but still good directing. That it still kind of puts that thought to in your leave head. It but I was as a always possibility, like, like even if we are pretty sure, but it, yeah, you don't know for sure until you see him next. Like I don't think anyone would ever. I don't think any show has ever left on a cliffhanger that someone might die and they actually did die. Because that's Cause not, it's like, not even a cliffhanger anymore. Then it was just that. Yeah, because that's that's not even like optimum storytelling. Because when someone dies or something, you want to see people's reactions to them dying you don't want to break up that that flow that effect yeah i mean i could be wrong I feel like, no i think yeah. you're like if you're gonna go through the trouble of having somebody die it needs to have some impact like then and there in that specific yeah. part of the story not on next week's episode yeah no i think that's a fair statement uh, and then we find out that Kai's fine, and he's been on this little baby bison. And that's pretty much the episode. Good, because I'm wicked tired. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I but we spent 20 is. minutes talking about nothing. We... <laughs> and I loved it. Uh, let's do some ratings. All right. So, uh, IO Visual, nine and a half. Those, those fights at the end were just, oh, man, they were just so good. The choreography was just so good. Seeing Airbender versus Airbender, so good. The music, Jeremy Zuckerman, just knocking out of the park. You can tell he's doing a, a couple different things here. Uh, really good stuff, nine and a half. Story, nine and a half also. Like, this is, this is just, it's peak core to me. Well, not really, because that's a lie, because we'll see a couple episodes coming up. <laughs> um, <laughs> peak core to this point. <laughs> Yeah, um, just yeah, just that with the way the story is going, just the way that there's so much thoughts about sacrifice and things. You, know, you see Cora able to to uh, come to the conclusion that she'll sacrifice herself, um, and uh, and Tenzin 
feel like he'll sacrifice himself. So much good character work done here, and the story just really going. Uh, memorable gave it a nine and a half. Oh yeah, I did give it a nine and a half. Also, okay, grandma memorable as heck. Love that grandma. Um, but this was a really good episode. Like, like this feels like the first part of the three-part finale. Um, and it's interesting when watching commentary, <laughs> Brian and Mike was like, when do we start doing this like two-part finale deal to each season <laughs> or, or even three-part in this case? And then Mike was like, uh, uh, I don't know. It seems like we just, <laughs> we just, we just do a season opener and then boom, we're here. Like, <laughs> Two episodes and then a ten episode finale. Yeah, major major climax point. Yeah, so uh, if you can do the math at home, that weighted average is a nine point five. Uh, very similar ratings this go round. I did audiovisual nine point five, probably one of my favorite overall looking sounding uh, mm. episodes. A lot of fun things. Really not sure why I didn't give it a ten. I'm sure I had a reason whenever I did that, but it's great uh, story. Uh, just teeny tiny little nitpicks. Uh, there, like I was, you know, I was pretty upset that Tenzin's hit didn't do a little more damage to them, and it was all minor things. But just a handful of, uh, I'm just very minor nitpicks. Again, I'm probably being too picky, and I think part of that is spawned by knowing what comes next. Right? It feels yeah. like I don't want to, uh, don't want to like overshoot these episodes and then get to the next episode and, and not have anywhere else left to go for them. But anyway, it's a great story. And it's super duper memorable. The fight is memorable. Grandma's memorable. Even them stealing the airship is memorable. We didn't even spend much time talking about it, but it's pretty. Yeah, there's some good comedy and clever things yeah, going yeah, on yeah, in there, there too. So, yep. Yeah, um, that's a good episode. The, I'm going to say the absolute worst things I could say would be meaningless nitpicks. So, 9.2. And that brings us to, I think it was actually a 9.3. I think I rounded wrong in my head. But 9.3, 9.4. Either way. It's a really great episode. Yeah. Oh, and Ming Wah with those creepy water arm Ming Wah. It gets Ming creeper in the next episode. Yeah. Ming Waktopus. Like she does something like the creepiest thing in the next episode. Yeah. When she she's using water as like a solid state grip. So not ice, but water as like a solid state grip. And it's not that I can't believe that that's tangible because if you've ever been hit by like water you you belly flop into a pool you're like all right it's liquid but it's got like a solid state effect in the right circumstances and it's (laughs) such a specific element of control that she has over this to use it like solid arms that are also liquid uh and that's uh well it's mostly creepy and she's a great creepy character big fan she's definitely i think it's funny because gazan's bending gazan's lava bending is probably more threatening then, and also, I feel like even police combustion bending is more threatening. But for some reason, like I am more threatened by Mingwa, definitely. I think Mingwa's is more versatile than either. Like Pali is always going to have to have a little bit of a reload time. It's not much, but mm. there is like a reload time, and it's not like a spray. It's not a machine gun. Uh, lava Holy bending, crap. not like the How fastest. <laughs> She's just like screaming like an action movie. Like, ah! She just goes. Ming- <laughs> Ming- Meanwhile, you don't need to make those sound yeah, effects. Yeah, she just does it with her face while she's shooting. Pew, 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 pew. I would do it if that was me. Mingwa yeah. feels much more versatile than either of those. Like is like almost as dangerous 
uh, more horrifying, creative ways yeah. to murder people with it. It's pretty horrifying. She's a great creepy villain. I love her. And hey, this is a great episode. But if you think this one's great, come back for the next two. We they they kind of act like a three part finale, but they all three take our word for it. They all three stand alone as like they 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 deserve to not be like a to be continued type of thing. They all three stand alone very well, and so we're going to really separate do, yeah. them. They do, and and I think next episode is the best example uh, of why and how good they can get. So come back next time. We look forward to seeing you, Chris. Thank you so much for... No, you're down here now. Gosh, I got to flip it around. It'll mess up my head forever. Chris, thanks for joining us. Listeners slash watchers, thank you so much as always. You're the best. We would love to hear your thoughts and feedback in the comments. I'll leave all the contacty stuff in the descriptions. I did find out Dragon Prince is not expected in 2021 anymore as of like September. They said they're not expecting season four anymore, but that they have other expanded Zadia universe things coming out i think there i saw like either novel or graphic novel and board games and some stuff like that in there so uh tabletop games sorry not board games i didn't mean for that to sound demeaning thanks so much everybody we will talk to you next time just checking out the lakers game they lost they lost oh they're gonna lose lose. well and i'm still recording it so you have to live your pain uh, to the tune uh, of the Avatar closing music, which is, you know... This team's, this team's own eight. Oh, and what? Oh, oh and one? No, Two? I was counting the preseason. Yeah, don't count. All right, bye, everybody. <laughs>